Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 20th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. I uh, What a weekend of golf and uh, just excited to chat about it here. Well, that's how about what we you? Do. You're in the right place. I had a great weekend. It's It continues on. You know, the kids never have school. They have off tomorrow for President's Day, which is just made up day off for everybody but i don't know I, I don't remember that being that big a deal growing up but it is now so uh the weekend pr- continues That's on. A, listen to this so um we we've been going to this daycare and uh our the daycare the the woman that runs it just spurned at the beginning of the month that she was she was yeah. closing up shop yeah just just like out of nowhere closing up shop and you know the be- this is the last week of daycare, and of course she's off on Monday. Of course, of course. <laughs> it's like oh, <laughs> yeah. Like you just spurred on everybody with three weeks that you know you got you got to go find new daycare. Yeah, yeah. that's a three that you know it's that's really easy for one. people to find. That's a tough in one. Three weeks. Yeah, but we're I'm still gonna take President's Day off. Um, <laughs> Celebrate the presidents. God. Uh, no, it was good. Weekend. This was this was after you know after they collected. Us, we paid, I'm yeah, sure we you paid co- for oh, yeah, we yeah, paid for all yeah. the holidays, you everything. What a convenient time to close up shop, right? Yep, you got through the Christmas break, the MLK mm-hmm. Day, you know whatever else. No, yeah, we'll had it. a few yeah. other a few other uh, weeks in there that just you know for various reasons were off. It was. Uh, yep. It's just quite a convenient thing. And we kind of, the whole time, we're like, well, we'll make it up in the long run. Like, this is tough, but nope. <laughs> uh, so my, back my, to the drawing board after this week. My hardest moment of parenting this weekend was telling my nine-year-old, relatively unathletic white son named Mac that, um, you know, so having a hard <laughs> conversation about his future. That, like, that's not going to be happening. Um Mac McClellan went in the dunk contest. That was my heart. We had some tough conversations. So, um, man, that you're was just, my. You're, you're well, not, you don't believe you don't believe I, in his his I abilities. Mean, I was just like this this white guy named Mac won the dunk contest, and I got to talk to my, my kid. Thinks he can do it now. This is not going to happen. <laughs> is um, Mac McClung uh, Mac's favorite player now? I don't know. He probably is. He probably <laughs> is now. He's going to be all fired up. So that was my hardest moment of parenting, I suppose. Um. Great week for golf, though. Great weekend. You already mentioned it. The the designated event, whether it's by design or just great fortune in this first three months of the season, two months of the season, it's been wonderful. I thought Phoenix Sunday was a little bit slow, but that wasn't, you know, that's just how things happen. Scotty pulled away, didn't get challenged too hard by John Rahm. Today was great. We feel like we had, I mean, Tiger referenced it himself. Feels like we had the two best ball strikers, two of the best players going right now. Two of the best. I'm not saying 
you know, Max Homa is a better player than Rory or Scheffler at this moment. But, you know, from the West Coast swing, they were two of the very best. And they were battling what felt, I don't want to say like a match play situation, that cliche, but um, it really felt like a mano a mano deal. Can't like made a little bit of a noise. Mitchell was around um, to the point where like you could, and it's in this familiar arena, right? We know the holes, but you could pinpoint these swings, right? It's one-on-one and 13 was a big deal. John Rom talks about it afterwards. Getting the tee box was a huge deal for me. He says, nobody talks about this. He was telling Kira Dixon this on Golf Channel. You know, people don't talk about this too much, but getting the tee box was a big deal for me because I like to put the pressure on and like go first. And, you know, 14, he, he hit it to the back of the green, obviously made birdie, but like 16, right? Like, Boom, you can't do anything. It's already birdie in the bit. Like, so that was a big deal. It really was a cool kind of mano a mano thing among two of the great players right now. It was a great weekend. Yeah, I mean the swings, the two shot swings, the yep. the birdie by Homa on nine. Um, that was a huge birdie. I I thought I was really impressed with Max and you know, just I I tweeted about this, but like I felt like you know the end of Saturday could be so deflating for a player in that situation where you're, you're running neck and neck with John Rahm all day long. And then you feel, you feel like you let go of the rope a little bit on late on Saturday. And you, you had, you didn't make a couple of your best swings coming down the stretch, a couple weak bogeys, you know, and not making birdie on 17 and you end up, you know, three back going into the day. And he came out firing today. And I was like, I was just super impressed with that response right out of the gates. And then you knew he was going to be around. And, you know, Rom makes that birdie on uh, on eight, you know, and it looks like he's kind of distancing. And then Max makes birdie on nine and ten. The two shot swing on ten. Um, that was, you know, that was a really I mean, what a huge putt Rom made for bogey. That was a really a tough one. putt. Up and but from- like the swings and I think like we have these different types of showdowns. We have like the perfect showdowns where guys play out of this world and there's back and forth. And that's one level of showdown that is, is rarely attained. This one was like the, we aren't playing perfect showdown, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was exciting because of the swings. Right. And and I think Max talked about I and, and Rob really struggled with the driver all week. He wasn't that good with the driver. He was un out of this world with his irons. But Max and Rom are both in trouble on thirteen. You know uh, that it was a it was a really great Sunday again. What these elevated or these elevated events have have delivered so far? You had Rom and Morikawa. Then you had Rahm and Scheffler, and now you have Rahm and, and Homa. And, you know, obviously there's one consistent through line through that. He's playing unbelievable golf. He's now the number one player in the world. And uh, we can talk a little bit more about that later, but it's well-deserved. He is an extraordinary talent, as we've talked about for many years on this podcast. The most consistent player in golf. And um, I think, you know, it it just delivered. It, this is a golf course that you expected John Rahm to win at at some point, and uh, and why? now he has. Why do you say that? Just why do you say? I mean, you expect him to win everywhere, I mean, so, but what about Riviera? 
I think like it it places a high emphasis on ball striking. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. You have to be an elite iron player to win here, and it's it's a place that a lot of great players have won. Yep. And it's just you know he plays well on the West Coast is the other thing. Gained eleven point nine two strokes on approach, um, and that's yeah. the thing. Like people just think like, oh, remember, big guy. Somebody said that he wasn't an elite iron player. No, but I mean, I believe it. People say crazy shit all the time. I, I'm sure we do it too. But yeah, I'm sure someone has said that, but I don't remember it. Fortunately, he gained 11.92 strokes on approach. I think as evidenced by like complete player, most consistent player, whatever you want to term it, like he, he birdies the two part threes. Those are not super easy. 14s, incredibly narrow, not deep green. Um, 16s, that blind one, and he hits it to whatever it was two feet three feet something like that like that's not just like a guy who mashes the ball right and and of course you can't be that if you're the number one player in the world but just it was just a reminder of of a guy who can do it in a bunch of different ways birdie in the two part threes i think one of the cool things about today and and the two players in it um i i interviewed andrew putnam last week and he'll be on the pot on the fried egg pod on tuesday i know it's gonna shut the internet down i love everybody Everybody, we love Putnam. He was great. I, yeah. He's super thoughtful. Um, one of the things that he talked about uh, was how certain guys just have like a knack for winning. It's a skill. He called mm-hmm. it a sure. skill, and he immediately referenced Max Homa. He's like his entire career, his entire life. When Max Homa gets on a leaderboard, it's like almost becomes like this foregone conclusion that he's winning. And I think one of the neat things about today was you had two guys that were like that. Two guys that yeah. just have like this knack. And I'm trying to remember what hole was. Homa made like a, a really lo- a long par save on, what was it? Was it on uh, maybe seven? A longer par save? Okay. I, I can't remember where. Seven or eight. Seven but was eight. a birdie for Homa. I... I so anyways, he made like right. this longer par save and yep. it was just like, oh yeah, he makes those putts. But then Rom on 14, like how many times have we seen him make that putt? Yeah. Right it's like this 40 footer. Green. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. And we saw it with our own eyes with Keith Mitchell. The guy made nothing all day. He did it really Keith. good. I felt like every hole, they're like, was, oh, that was, that was a tough. missed opportunity for yeah. Keith Mitchell. Bad you know, like, so, so, like, Keith Mitchell hit the ball well enough to win, but there's this thing with winning, and Rom has it, where we just, he makes these putts, and these, like, 40-foot putts, or 25-footers, or 15-footers that are tough. Those are the, that's the difference, is these guys just, like, guys that win make these putts that they aren't supposed to make on Sunday late. But you, you say Keith that. Mitchell, Keith Mitchell uh. literally had like really good looks on like the first five holes on the back nine. And it could, he could have been in it, like but he, he just kept, didn't make them. Yeah. And it, you know, like, and I think this will be obviously like, I think Keith Mitchell's been in the mix more this year. And I mean, he's, he's got a great golf swing. I love Keith Mitchell. I love like, but this is going to be one of those, like, I think it's a building, like there are different types of golfers. And I think Keith Mitchell is going to get more and more comfortable with these, like these moments and get it done. But like, 
Rom and Homa are just different. Where those are guys that just make putts. Right. They you just, were, you're saying this, but I, I was like not sold that Rom was going to do it because the other guy was Max Homa. Yes. And I was just kind of like, I, I, I think if it was somebody else, like Rom's going to win, but. Like Max just seems to always win these events. Like when he's there, and so we saw that at Tory. Um, I speaking of Mitchell, wasn't it like Rory? I think it was Rory that said it. Like Quail Hollow, you know those guys you play with. You're like, look out for him. Like he, I followed him or I played with him, and he was. I think he like spoke glowingly about Mitchell, who, funny enough, like never plays here because he's had to like do Honda duties. Did you hear that part? Like he's like, <laughs> no. I was defending a champ at Honda. I got to play Honda, so I wouldn't do this. And so, like, I don't know. It felt like a good match, match made in heaven with him out there. Um, he's he's just a, he's a fun player to watch. He's yeah. just he's got a beautiful golf swing, hits it far. Also, his his style, sharp dressed guy. Like you know, that's the other thing Pretty with good. it. Like it he's matter, got just like a nice matter, little I mean, swagger. Good. Yeah, I like just it. got a nice. Like uh, I think he's made himself a lot of money by like, like. Go everybody goes the cookie cutter clothing Zaggin. brand. Yeah. yeah, and he just was like, you know what? I'm gonna go do me and be and be really well dressed. Taylor. And I think that's probably yeah. made him money in the long run with sponsorships. Yeah. And now now if he keeps playing like this, he's gonna make a lot more money. Another random aside, <clears throat> just because we get you know, go in different directions with this. You mentioned 13. I think I know what you're gonna say. Is that does that need the trees out? Does that really need the trees out? I kind of like as 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 watching the pro tournament. It's kind of great that they're there. It's like provide like obviously it tells you the shot you have to hit and the way you have to go. I mean, if they're not there, Max Homa doesn't have to try that shot today. Um, but um, I understand that uh, originalists would probably like to see those out on thirteen. We don't need to get into so this. So I, I, I think there's like you could make a case in a way. I, you know, this is from me from a purist standpoint. I would love to see the trees gone because then yeah. your tee shot would be like biting off the barranca. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that would be pretty neat. And we saw we saw two shots from a barranca. We rarely see any shots from. Yeah. Because true. it's been so irrelevant because of those trees, right? They just go but, the direction they're told. Yeah. The reality of the situation is that with how freaking far these guys are hitting it, I mean, I couldn't believe it when I was out there this week. I mean, there, I watched John Rom. I walked with John Rom in a practice round on Wednesday. Um, I watched walked the back nine, and he had seventy yards into into uh, fifteen. It was okay. downwind, okay. heavy wind. But 70 yards into a 480 yard par four. Just fading it right over the bunker and, and yeah. And away. so like you just think about like, okay, so if that hole doesn't have the trees, they're just sending it at the <clears throat> yeah, green straight basically. Across like the, yeah. you know, and, and it's just I think that's the issue. And any conversation and discourse about anything at Riv really needs to start with the golf ball and and the drivers and where it's gotten because it's just utterly preposterous where i mean where rory hit the ball on the third hole on friday Mm -hmm. he was like chipping it was an amazing drive it was unbelievable to watch in person but then you get up there and it's like dude this is like a 400 yard par four and he's got a chip shot for a second that's that's just like 
what are you supposed to do? And it's again, it would be like if they allowed aluminum bats at Fenway Park is what it feels <laughs> like at at Riviera right now is like, OK, yeah, there are great holes. It still defends itself well. But like these guys don't have to hit many shots out there. It's just driver and bash it up there. And it's a wedge. It's like, you know, like the ninth hole is another perfect great example that's a long uphill par four that yeah. these guys hit just like little flip wedges they into shoot a wedge 18 up and over. Yeah. yeah so so when we start to talk about 10 you know in the merits of this historical i think there are things that have happened over time with the green that should be addressed but when we talk about the hole being a bad hole it's like well like it had a lot more strategy before every guy on tour hits the ball 300 yards. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no layup. There's no reason to lay up like that. It used to be like, oh, I got to hit a good one to get it over the left bunker, you know? And if yeah. I can do that, then I'm in good shape. Right. Yep. So I think like one of the things when you talk about Riv is important. Like there's, there's space in some spots that they could add some new tees and get some more yardage. But, is that what they should be doing? And, you know, we've got TaylorMade out there pumping how you can hit, the, try, try and hit the ball the as face. far off the toe yeah. as you can. And it's still going to go as far and as straight as anything. Like, what, who should have to adjust here? Like, should pros, and I don't know what's going on with the USGA thing. It, to me, it seems like every day, just based off the marketing these companies are putting out, that nothing's <clears throat> happening. But I, you know, this is the thing. Like, why has this process been four freaking years or whatever? Yeah. Um, I think I saw Zalatoris had one forty into eighteen today. I mean, like, I know the guys push it up there like that a lot. But they were talking about how, and he says he's not even like going full go until April because he's hurt. But yes, they're all like you said. Yeah, he had sandwich. He had yeah. sandwich into eighteen. It's yeah. it's just you know what are you supposed to do when four hundred eighty five yard holes are driver sandwich? Yeah. You know. Um, I, I, we've gotten far afield here, but I, it's important. I think it's important, especially within the context of 10. And there was a lot of attention on 10 to just talk about how everybody can like, that's impacted the whole, everybody can send it 300 yards. The now, thing even, though, even that's super fascinating about 10 and like people are mad that you can't, Kevin Van Velkenberg wrote an article, um, for no laying up. It's worth reading. It had some like really interesting quotes, um, from players but it seems to be like the pretense of like why 10 stinks is that I can't make Eagle. And just because there's a short, it's a short par four doesn't mean that Eagle should be readily available. A lot of the best short fours in the world are driving pitch holes. So like, I think one of the things that's really neat about the 10th hole at Riviera, and I am not the biggest fan, like not the big, I did a dream 18 of George Thomas's courses in LA and the 10th at Riv is not my 10th hole. All right. I'm not like a huge 10th hole fan, but what I do appreciate about the 10th hole and we saw it play out in the final round is that double bogey is readily available as well as a, a, a birdie, easy birdie. Yeah. And we saw that. And like, there are very few holes where you have like a very wide range of scoring. So at, at like everybody loves the 17th at Scottsdale. Oh, it's such a great hole. It's such a great hole. Show me the last time a guy made 
like was in the hunt and made worse than a bogey. It's n- near impossible to make worse way, than a bogey on that like, hole. I, do they ever make eagle? Like I don't really recall a lot of eagles. Occasionally they'll make it. Well, that's the thing is eagles are extremely hard to make. You're, it's a little bit more available, but yeah. birdies, you know, like this one makes you have to work a little bit more for birdies, but also like how cool some guy, I, I forgot who made a triple and didn't even hit in a bunker this week yeah that was that was part of homa had making four threes there was one of the bigger accomplishments of his week including the thursday one where he hold out from the bunker. and that's the thing is you earn that three like right. a three is really like and you pick up a half a shot right yeah, yeah. i if everybody's driving it on at the green with these especially 10 if you made it easy to drive the green and now like this is the discussion then is it just a long par three? Right. And you, I've ta- I've written that I think it would be more interesting if you got rid of the bunkers. They got just had this like propped up green. A little bit. Yeah. 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 I I've written this. It might be more interesting. Right. But at that point, is it a long <laughs> par three or a short four? It's more of a long par three. These guys are hitting fairway woods and hybrids. You know. Right. So. That's it's a very delicate situation. The golf course in general, but like technology the, is the, the thing. The thing is, we, the ball going too far has really yeah. impacted this this tournament. I, the scores weren't crazy this year. Like it sounded like greens were firmish for them, uh, but yes, it, it's like impacts the intent and of this course more than m- many. Uh, all of yeah, you just like that. every hole. That was my big takeaway from the week was like every hole is driver wedges for these guys. It's like, okay. It's how it is everywhere even, but yes, here we have like some historical context of what it used to be. Realistically. Yeah. On a firm golf course. uh, What does a par five or par four need? How long does it need to be to get like a mid to long iron in the long hitters hand? (laughs) Um, Like five, what five twenty five five? I think it's like five fifty. Yeah, because like, they're yes. hitting it. They're hitting it three fifty, three sixty if it's firm and running, which is what you want. Yeah, right. You want it running out. So, yeah. like, that's the problem. Can't do that. How many times can you do that in a court? You you want Riviera's two of those? in a tiny little canyon. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. We got a little off track, but it was a good conversation. I, I throwing out trees on 13. We should do some ROM cleanup. He's won five times his last nine worldwide starts. Um, he's obviously won three times on the PGA Tour this season. I think this is the fastest to do that since Johnny Miller in 1975. Um, told you the strokes gained on approach. He got some good bounces this week, got some good drops from the TV compound on three that they put out there in the middle of the canyon. Uh, the bounce on 17 was just, I don't know what to say. It was outrageous. It's a lucky bounce. Um, he's good at golf, too. That doesn't mean he was fortunate to win, uh, but it was a great bounce that proved to be, I don't know if it was the difference, but that was also the margin. I think he, you know, he didn't what? get many good bounces last week. Phoenix, yeah. You know, yeah. the guy he played got a lot of great bounces. And this yeah. is the thing. Yeah, that's true. If you're in this situation all the time, you're going to get good bounces. Yeah. 
I, I it, like that's the thing about golf, right? Is like what you need, like anybody that's saying, oh, he wouldn't have won if it wasn't for that bounce. It's like, well, maybe he would have won last week because the guy that he played Shuffler last got week got like a shitload of good bounces yeah. and good bounces are part of winning. And you're going to get a lot of good bounces in your career if you're always in contention like John Rahm. This is a little bit of a like a first take ma- a debate without an answer, but I saw someone like characterize him as clearly the best player in the world. Like that feels like an adverb that doesn't need to be there. He's the best player in the world. I don't know. Like I, I mean, Scheffler wins next week, or Bay Hill, or Rory wins Bay Hill. Like I, I just, it, it, he's great. He's like he's the best player. He's number one. He's the most consistent right now. I just think to like elevate him to clearly the best player in the world just is is like disregarding the cyclical d- nature of this top of the world rankings and the depth right now in, in that echelon. I think everybody needs to just take a take a <laughs> chill pill and like sit down and He's just on a appreciate heater. and well appreciate what we have going on right now in golf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we've talked, we've lamented on this podcast how you know, with the Jin Young Ko Nelly Korda duel two years ago on the LPGA tour, how they were going back and forth, and it was so much fun. Like, who's the best? We don't know who the best player in the world is. They're both making incredible cases, and we in it unfolded over the course of the year. And one of the things that I'm looking at right now with this year is it feels like we are getting like an epic, epic year of golf in terms of the top flight players. So, like, I was thinking back, when was the last time we saw something like this early in the year? We've had three different world number ones already this year. Mm -hmm. 2015, we had nine world number one changes between Rory, Spieth, and Jason Day. Yes. Oh, amongst themselves. Amongst themselves. Yes. And this year, you could easily see that coming out to something like that between Rory, Scheffler, and Rahm. And how freaking cool is that i don't know who the best of all of them is i always like to like the way i like to think about the best player in the world and i've used this for years with the ernie and phil comp and this is why like i'm ernie ride or die is like when both of them like if your life depends on one guy playing a great round tomorrow who are you riding with that's your ernie guy that's that's why you're an that's, Ernie guy. Is that what you're saying? That's why that's, that's why I would take Ernie over Phil at their primes because Ernie okay. was like just he was you every great player wants up. to be more consistent. Yeah, that's like that's yeah. all Tiger ever talked about was getting more consistent. I'm doing these changes as the best player in the world to get more consistent. So like when I think about those three guys, if I had one guy who's going to play for me, I would probably take Rom right now. Yeah, right. Like tomorrow, you're rolling them out. Yeah, who, I, just, I mean, who would you take? Probably, probably John Rom. Probably given the consistency, probably John Rom. I just don't think we need to start. I, it's a it's I, a legendary run of consistency. It's it's a heater, but I just like we we overemphasize sometimes. I mean, just to like give a of frame it. of reference, I I followed Rory the first two days in Tiger. That we group. saw, we saw. Repeatedly. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And so, so what? There was good golf. Like, going I on walked there. away. I walked away from that. Those two days. I was like, Rory McIlroy has gotten nothing 
Nothing. He putted like complete shit. He made nothing for two days, and he's like fifth place. or I think he was seventh. And it was like, God, he had nothing go his way. For, and he wasn't he wasn't driving the ball that well. So like to me, the, it's so small, and it's like a matter of like maybe Rory, Rory's not seeing his lines the way he was four weeks ago, and Scotty doesn't like this golf course, and Rom played well, right? Yeah. We could go to Bay Hill, and Scotty could win next week, and he could be world number one or two right. weeks from now. Yeah. Right, yeah, or and then or Rory could win, and Rory could be number one. Like this is it. Just sit back and enjoy this because we've got three guys, and I would I would throw Cameron Smith in there when we get to the Masters. Like we got four guys that are like head and shoulders above the rest of the players. When you think about that, like, and that's super cool for golf fans. That that's what you we need to just sit back and rejoice and say, what a fucking awesome time to yeah. be watching golf. Yep. Um. Did everything work for you so far? West Coast Swain designated events. I, it feels like this is the tour couldn't have dialed this up any better. And I don't want to like overpraise them. Like I, like their hand was forced, and I'm not sure the tour was one that came up with all the ideas. They they were just they, they were forced into it by their precarious position last year, and and Rory and Tiger taking the reins. But um, I mean, I'm like if you have sad. the best players in the same place, the more often you get. A home Aram deal, like he did, or Aram Scheffler deal, like he, like it's just going to have. It seems to be coming together perfectly. I was looking ten years ago. Do you know what the playoff was at Riviera? Was it was that the Merrick one? Charlie John Belgian, Merrick? Charlie Belgian, John Merrick <laughs> at Riviera. Which just, I mean, this is how cyclical the these Nis- things was are. Was it the Nissan then? Uh, might have been. Yeah, I think it might have been Nissan. But like, this is how cyclical these things can be. And the Honda, you remember the Honda, like twenty. 20- 15 i was writing articles about like the rise of the honda it had everybody tiger phil rory was obviously very influential there winning it's just crazy how fast these things move um from being great up and down and now like with this designated event it just feels like it's solidifying things a little bit more and they had a great run here through the west coast swing i think it's super sad that the west coast swings over like you know we do those year in reviews and it always boils so out every every single year you when you get to the end of the year you're like god the west coast swing was the best part of the year. So and fun. this is not a shot against any other region in the country. It's just the courses combined with the time that it's on, you know, it's just it's just magic. And like yeah. it's like you you do like it's that time when most people aren't watching golf or right. aren't playing a lot aren't, of golf. Most of the countries are not playing a lot of golf, so they have time to watch it. But if you're getting ready to play golf, if you're ready to come out of Ooh. hibernation, we're we're all it's coming. Daylight savings, I think it's like three weeks away. Golf golf approaches. I might suggest you go to Club Champion. Get fit. Get get dialed in. I had a buddy over f- Saturday night. Who has ten year old sticks or twenty year old sticks, something like that? He goes. He wants to use it. He was worried. When's the promo going to be gone? I was like, I think we have it for the year, probably. It's going to be a while. But use the promo code Fried Egg, uh, and you get fifty percent off your fitting cost with the purchase of a club. And you're going to purchase a club. You don't just you don't you're not going in there. You're not going to purchase a club. I mean, maybe you are, and you have incredible willpower. I don't know. But if you're going in, you're getting fitted. You're getting 
to you know see these nice new toys. You're going to probably get a club. Uh, you use the promo code FRIDAY, you get 50% off the fitting cost. Um, this is the way to do it if you want to buy clubs these days. I just don't be a schmuck, a schmuck, I should say, and go get them off the rack without you know the shiny new thing. Don't watch, don't watch a social media video where they tell you you can hit it off the face with a guy who swings it at you know 100, 180 mile an hour ball speed, and you're sitting there topping out at ninety five, and you think that's going to apply to you. Go to Club Champion. Like, don't watch their social media videos. Hitting it off the off the toe, and he, that's not going to work for you. Go to Club Champion and get fit properly at your speeds and whatever brand you want. That's why we like them. It's brand agnostic. Hey, tail, tales from real winner. You know when I when I yeah. experienced real winner. I'm in fake winner. I don't yeah. I don't think about this stuff anymore. But here's like a great recipe. Book up, book up your. You want some new sticks? Book your fitting. There's you book go. it two weeks, two weeks from now. Then get in your schedule. Talk to the talk to the partner. Talk to the you know. Figure it out. Figure out a couple days where you can go to the dome or the heated range, whatever it may be. Get some cuts in. Get warmed up. Then go get fit. Get some new sticks, and you're gonna feel really good in like April. Go to clubchampion.com. Promo code is Friday. You get 50% off your fitting costs. Thanks for their support. They're, they're supporting the pod throughout the year. Uh, been really good to work with. Um, all right, let's clean up other Riv stuff. I mean, Max hey, Homa. Did, did, Bernie, did Bernie get it done on yeah. the Champs Tour? I just, yeah, is that I what you want to talk about? No, no, I don't want to. I wanted to leave with that. Ty and Hill Irwin's record. They said it'd never chase, be broken. Chase for 45. Bigger bigger record broken. Kareem scoring mark or Hale Irwin in the last couple of weeks. Hale Irwin, for I sure. Think, I didn't think it would ever be. Yeah. Never thought of Like, this is never okay, going to be what broken. Are we doing? What are no, we doing? come on. Nobody's going to play Champions Tour golf for long enough to win. Like, well, it'll cha- never Champions be Champions Tour hopefully <laughs> isn't in, in, in operation in three years. <laughs> hopefully the funds are reappropriated. <laughs> Uh, what other Riviera cleanup do you have? Max Homo was incredibly powerful tearing up. Like you could see what it means to him outside of like, I mean, it's the inverse of what he talked about when, um, like when he was defending his choice not to go to live. He was like, I don't remember how much I got paid winning Riviera. I just know like the feeling I got from getting a trophy from Tiger. And I know what it means to win here. This is a little bit of the inverse, like not winning here. This specifically he still made a lot of money, like had him emotional in front of front of family and friends. I thought it was like, obviously, he has a, a great sort of perspective on the game, a perspective on emotional ability. Um, but yeah, it was it was really good to see. I, I, not good, but, you know, it was it was moving to see him so broken up to come close. This I, I don't want to use this to reheat a take that everybody's probably tired of, but. But, this yeah. is why long-standing events in major cities are extremely important because this is like this is the motion that comes from a kid that grew up going to this golf tournament and watching it and wanting mm-hmm. to win there. It's you know he's talked about it obviously numerous times about how this is the biggest tournament of like you know be- this is his biggest you know non-major he views it as really a major because of yeah. his whole history of life there. If I ever would have been a PGA tour player, I would have felt the same way about the Western open 
because I remember when I was 10 and I went and watched Tiger and I walked walked right past Tiger and that was like one of the coolest moments of my life. I viv- I was talking to somebody this week about how I vividly remember the sound of his spikes against the cart path to this day. You know, and these are the things like that do matter. And that's why it's such a shame what's happened to so many other events in long-standing cities. You know, whether it's like the Westchester Open, whether it's the Western Open, like these places that are like golf rich areas with tons of golf fans around them, like they go to these events and they grow up wanting to play in the events. You know, sure. that doesn't happen. I, you know, this is not supposed to be a shot at heritage. That doesn't happen at Hilton Head. That doesn't happen at your, your Sea Island place. It happens in big cities where, like, you know, there are a lot of people around and a lot of kids go to them. And that's the cool thing about Max and this event. And obviously, he's super emotional. And I did like, I enjoyed listening. You know, he. I enjoyed watching him play golf today. Um, he's really fun to watch play. Um, and uh, you know, he'll be back up there. And obviously, like, I think when you look at the U.S. Open in a couple months, the two guys at the top of the leaderboard have to be favorite. At two of the favorites going into that. Um, I actually asked Rom about uh, LACC from the Pac-12. Um, when he played it with uh, with with Max this week, and it was funny because I was I I wasn't sure if he had played it, and I was like, "Hey, did you play LACC in the Pac 12s And he, or, or I think it might have been Pac Ten then. I'm not sure, but anyway, he was like, "Oh yeah, I did." He was like, "It was set up super easy the first round, and Max shot something like 63." And he goes, "But then the next two days they turned it up, and I and I ended up. He's like, I think I shot 67, 68." and he's like and i almost caught him it was like he like remembered everything like a like that and he just started talking like it was i was like i couldn't believe like you know when you talk about golf like golf minds like that guy's mind he like remembered every single hole every single shot every like it was nuts talking to him about la um this week but it was it was really interesting to hear him say like because so those two duked it out at LACC in the Pac-12s, which yeah. is kind of cool, right? I mean, Homa relied, called on that history, too. He's like, I've known him since ASU. And it's like he's always uh-huh. been Wager number one, you know, number one amateur, number one. You know, he's just the best at everything. The most consistent guy. So it's I thought cool it was funny, though. History. The way he said it, too, is like when it was set up easy, Max kind of got away. But then it got really <laughs> it hard. And, and he, Might it be a 61? Yeah. It's a course record. I think, and which we're going to hear about for a while, you know, going all the way into that U.S. Open. Um, Other notes, odds and ends from from uh, Riv. Can I can Um, I can I say most impressive finish maybe for me outside of the two? Zalatoris, given what you called out, is pairing on Wednesday at the show with uh, JB, Sticky JB, and his penis pool. Um, Got through thirty six holes. We got a DM, a message from on the ground intel. On Thursday, we walk into Riv as the Zalatoris, Pace Car, and Cameron Champ group is playing one. Champ takes about seven minutes to figure out what should be an easy drop as his drive made it to the path on one. Poor Will, who was hit, who hit it in the front bunker, is standing there with his hands on his hips. Champ hits it on the green. Then the Pace Car is already on the green and has 25 feet for eagle. Will hits his bunker shot to 15 feet. Champ then takes five minutes to survey his eagle putt, lags it close, then it's JB's turn. 
He takes an eternity to line up his eagle putt, makes it, credit to him, and then Will rolls in his birdie. Is that We estimate that Will could have gone through his routine and putt seven times in the time it took JB to hit his putt. It was insane. The sack, Shockingly, the second hole was clear by the time they got to the tee. Will did not look thrilled. But Zalatoris makes it to uh, whatever, top top six, seven? Where did he finish? Top four. F- I think, four. yeah. So I, I was so happy to see this high finish, too. I, I recently listened to his, uh, his pod on um, NLU when he did the interview on No Laying Up. Yeah. And I like I came away from it. I was like, whoa, like, you know, he talked about his injury and how he changed like he like changed his golf swing really? a little bit. Yeah. And like, what do you think about like a really great player changing their golf swing? You know, it's kind of like, whoa, like that's pretty crazy that you have to do that. And that I think to be like seeing a high finish, that makes me really happy that like we aren't going to see, you know, we probably won't see a slide from him and that. Like, you know, he's made this adjustment because the back injury seemed pretty scary. And now he's making this swing adjustment. By the way, I looked up where Rom finished in that in that event. Yeah. Finished 10th. Pac-12 or whatever it is. He made, he made it seem like he was like right there. Close. I didn't like look it up until okay. then. Okay. I mean, I guess he was kind of there. He shot 75 in the final round. So he dropped, oh, you know, fell out. but he finished 14 shots behind Max. It's a good amount. Good about. Zalatoris says he's not going to go full go until April, which is interesting. Um, I mean, it's not not surprising, but yeah, he's he's maybe not fully ready to go at it or worried about his health still. Still finishing top five at Riviera. Anything else you want to say about the Riv? Rom, like it was just a great, fabulous weekend, fabulous Sunday. Like it keeps you engaged, understanding these holes, knowing well, the do holes. Do we want to talk about Tiger? Yeah, we can talk about Tiger. I wrote an article for the newsletter that just went up on the website. What do you want to talk about Tiger? She's 67 on Saturday, which is better than um, everybody, but I think McCarthy and Rom, third round. So that's what, like... What do you, what's your takeaways? I read your article. Um, My takeaway was it sounds like he can play 72 holes a little bit better than he could last year. Not great. Sunday was grindy for sure. His ball speed dropped quite a bit his distance off the tee quite a bit felt like he was laboring a little more but to get to the weekend and play your best a lot of his struggles seem to be with putting um kind of the the one day to the next uh so it feels like this is sort of the roadmap look he didn't contend i'm not suggesting like he's back he's going to win but this felt like a roadmap to him being a real competitive golfer which it felt like last year um he wasn't super competitive. Is that unfair to say? Like I, I wrote glowing things about. I feel his, like he his... didn't. He didn't play enough last year to even have like a tag, right? Right, right. So, um, yeah, I guess I had this whole question about like, is he just going to be sort of not a figurehead, but this ambassador? He means a lot to the game just being there. He means a lot to the PGA Tour in this moment in this past twelve months. And was that kind of what his role was more going to be? Um, or would he be able to do both? Would he be able to play like five, six times a year? And it feels like this was a little more optimism for him being able to to, to play 72 holes, given that he shot his best round on Saturday, given Joe LaCava's comments. I think it was Dan Rappaport just saying like, that was the most surprising thing. It looked like it felt like he got stronger. He's not thinking about his leg less. He's thinking about his leg a lot less during the rounds. We're talking about it a lot less. 
Um, that doesn't mean I don't think he's going to play the players or anything like that, but it felt like a little bit more of a, a, a hopeful roadmap to him competing as opposed to just participating. Is that fair? What did you think of his week? The, the, I mean, I, I was super encouraged um, just in terms of like, I think there's like a lot of levels to it just from a human level of being able to see somebody do what made them great uh, physically, like be able to go out and walk 18 holes and not like, Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some moments where you're like, Ooh, God, that doesn't look good. Like at one point I saw him like unstrapping an ankle brace and like re administrate. I was like, Oh, that looks awful. Um, but like in terms of like him going up those stairs, like without much problem, like going up them quickly. Like I couldn't believe how quick he was going up them. That stuff, like, you know, just from like a basic level of like watching him play golf at somewhat a great level was really wonderful to see. I think, you know, do I think he can win a major? Do I think he can win on tour again? Maybe. I I mean... I don't. It I seems like it's getting better. A major. I think he can contend at a major. I don't know. Yeah, I, and that's a that's a very like it's kind of a blanket term you can throw out as like a wiggle room to get out of having say win or or like what do you what do you define as contention? You know, T seven. I mean, uh, but it feels like he's trending that way to contention. Yeah, um, and I think like the the big thing that's going to hold him back is reps, right? Like I think like everybody looks at, well, he did it before in 2018 and 2019. And it's like, well, like, let's think back to 2018, right? He He won. He, he won the tour championship. He, he played quick and loads. He finished T four, almost won. He was in contention in that event. And we thought he was going to win. That was the event that he sweat through like 75 shirts. Yeah. Oh God. Um, I was at that. Yeah, T6 at uh, the Open Championship, which he almost won. He contended again. Um, that was Molinari's win. Carnoustie. Mm-hmm. So almost wins there. T31 at Bridgestone, playing again. Second at PGA. Again, like, entered the weekend with a chance to win, and it was contending. Like, heavy form, Right. And there was a lot of things that led into this this run of events, right? T40 Northern Trust, T24 at the Dell Technologies Championship. That was that was uh, Boston, right? Yeah. Then he finished T6 at Aronimink at the BMW. Again, in contention, almost won. Then he wins the, ne- the next week at the Tour Championship, right? And if you go and you look at the Masters, it was a similar thing, right? Oh, yeah, he's playing so well. He had, yeah, Farmers T20 drove it all over the map. T15 at Genesis wasn't like super impressive, but like was like, you know, he's still like good for his finish at Genesis. One of his best finishes ever at Riviera. Um, T10 in Mexico, T30 at the players, nothing great. But then he fin- went to the final eight at the at the match play. Might have bowed out, you know. Um, yeah, on that. purpose was that Lucas Beauregard yeah Jackie yeah. Robinson yeah okay. Jackie Robinson Joe and then Naiman. he wins the Masters so like that's the thing when you talk about him winning like we saw a ramp up period after a long period off and there were a lot of close calls before wins and I think that's the issue that I have is like can he get into contention and contend yeah but like 
we've seen like winning requires you have to be in it. You just don't pick up clubs. And he talked about this, you know, like you don't just pick up clubs like in he he's so talented. He can pick up the clubs having not played competitive golf and make cuts. I think yeah. there's a whole different like making the cut and contending is a different level. And then contending and winning is a whole different level and it takes time. So like, I'd love to see him one more time before the masters to, to feel like he could contend. Yeah. I don't think we're going to, I was wondering like it, it, just given how he started to play on Saturday, would he like add a players? Uh, would he, I don't know that he loves that core. I don't think he loves <laughs> Bay Hill, even though he's won there a bunch of times. I, he's not going to, he's going to play the masters. It, it's like, there's, what if he, what if he adds the Valero? <laughs> What if he decides he wants to go down there and challenge CPC. Charlie Hoffman's uh, CPC, t- yeah, title as uh, top top San Antonio player? That would be Valero would be happy. That would be quite a windfall for them. Uh, but it was an encouraging week. I, I just feel like he's. I couldn't believe he signed that sign in the middle of the round. I just thought like yeah. he views himself a little bit more as like an ambassador. And I, I look. I don't want to bring up the the joke with JT at all, but. Like, that's part of why he got the coverage he got, right? And, like, some people were offended by that. Um, but, like, he, he he seems to be in a different mindset where, like, he understands a little bit more, like, his place in the game as a leader and not just a competitor trying to kill the 140 other players or 120 other players in the field, which I thought was a little interesting, so especially given what he's doing in round and engaging with fans. High fiving them up the stands. So good to see him play. I guess he's gonna keep playing this one as long as he hosts it. This one in the majors. So um, he's leaving a little w- wiggle room. He's like probably maybe just the majors, you know. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Um, incredible that he can just show up and have that kind of strokes gained approach stuff, or, or some of those distance control, some of the iron play. It, his strokes gained approach wasn't crazy. I just meant some of the, the distance control has been fantastic. Um, Anything else, Riv? Course thoughts. Uh, Jason pretty- Day. Jason Day, another yeah. top ten. He's playing well. Playing great. Making. I some think. Money. I mean, he's got to be really close to uh, top fifty. He yeah, he jumped in. I think they he said jumped he was going to jump okay. in. Yeah, That's come a, Monday. That, I didn't. Yeah, I think they said he was going to jump in on Monday. Um, all right, let's move on. Great, great event. Great, best event of the year. Is, you know, not uh, non-major. Just always delivers. Let's jump. We talked about Loner tying the hell or went at the Chubb Classic and Tiburon Black Course. Good up, big ups to him. We had the Piss Bear, Piss Bear winning the Thailand Classic. You know, second, Thomas Peters. One. Thomas Peters out. Piss Bear in on the Ryder Cup. Are we going to talk? We'll talk about Peters here in a minute. Uh, I'm just surprised he got through all those boat rides to the island without you know pissing off the side of the boat and into the water or, or haranguing the the captain. Oh, I mean, good for him that he got through four ferry rides without getting, you know, into trouble. Uh, but he wins the Thailand Classic uh, over with the Island Green on the DP World Tour. Lydia Ko wins the Saudi International for the women. She's, you know, on a heater herself. Talking about Ram, she's winning a lot again. Um, I don't know how strong that field was. Uh, Aditya Shook, I believe, was second. And Andy Ogletree wins in Cutter on the uh, Asian Tour International Series. Whoa! Yeah, back from yeah. the dead. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that he's dead, but he won the International Series. I mean, right? He played a well. Rough start. I'm in saying, Oman I'm last saying week. dead from 
the dead uh, like he had such a bad start of from a from professional? A professional golf. Yeah, professional yeah. Golf. yeah. I mean, yeah, tough. Also, tough. what? Yeah, I think with with what happened with him, you know, when in terms of the live stuff, like getting I jammed. Think, yeah, when you don't have anywhere to play and you get banned for playing somewhere, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, um, that's it for results news. We apparently have live signees. This is going to be officially unveiled Monday. Thomas Peters came out. I think Man. James Corrigan and others had that one over the weekend. Oh. Uh, and then Sunday, we learn Danny Lee and Brendan Steele, I believe, will also be going. Steele, I didn't realize, was at Riv and WD on like Tuesday or Wednesday. Sounds like he's going to the High Flyers with uh, Phil Mickelson. Um, I don't know. I, does this do much for you it seems like peters there's there's some real angst on the european side you know obviously he's a a, a great personality he seems like a good dude good player up and comer yeah this is uh i don't want to seem like a homer sympathizing with my uh my fellow Illini alum here um i you know i poked around on this and i guess a little intel um his decision to go to live literally happened after he didn't get in he wasn't going and he i think he got super frustrated that he didn't get into this event and there are a lot there's a lot of angst i think with the europeans and the top players on the european tour about the the strategic alliance that isn't really a strategic alliance um when the 34th ranked player ryan fox is another one 29th ranked player in the world was wasn't invited to play in riv this week Thomas Peters wasn't invited to play at Riv this week. Of course, he's won. So, from what I gather, he he had obviously had conversations before. He was a rumored name for months in the summer last yeah. year, and right. he was holding strong. Is when he didn't get in, he picked up the phone and called because you know at this point, um, I think that they his camp believes that the European tour will not win their case against live and that European, uh, that he'll be able to play the European tour, uh, and off weeks. That's what they made this decision with that in mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, from his standpoint, he does like, here's like the important thing about Thomas Peters. He has no interest in living in America. Right. He does not want to live in America and he does not want to play on the in the on the PGA tour full time. He wants to be a professional golfer who lives in Europe. And well, isn't right that now, kind of bullshit then though? I mean, like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like either get your card and you'll get into Riv or don't bitch about being thirty fourth in the world and not getting a spot. So like his point I'm playing devil's I think advocate like here. I think where yeah, and I think where so he, he netted so where he netted out is like all right, if I can't, if there's no strategic alliance and they aren't going to kick me out of out of the out of the European tour events, why wouldn't I take a yeah. chance at generational money? I understand that. I understand right? that. But I think so, to complain about like, do I think he should have a place in the Genesis field? Yeah, he's a great player, 34th in the world. But like he's also doesn't want to live in America, doesn't want to play on the PGA tour, and doesn't have a PGA tour card for that. So, and so he didn't that's get my in. Point. So it's kind of hard. Like he's chosen his path. So yeah. So if like here's here's like I, I don't I'm not trying to like sympathize 
here. I, I'm just trying to explain. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying you're It might make sense. Look, yeah. hey, like if you if you have no interest in playing on the PGA Tour and living in America, and you live in Europe, he, he why wouldn't a, you go to live and take all the cash? Like he, these yeah. guys on the European Tour are playing for a million dollars, a million dollar purse, right? A lot of weeks, right? Like why wouldn't you go take thirty, forty million dollars, right? Yeah, I would say he's a substantial um, signee, uh, not like a league changer but he's a substantial one I, i'd say mito's substantial i don't i don't think 39 year old brendan Steele does anything for anyone nothing I, neither danny lee quite honestly he nothing. might you know break some putters and stuff and and have some meltdowns that are social media catnip but i don't think he does anything um, danny lee's got to be is he joining uh the iron heads he's got to be a kevin uh yeah guy. that sounds right yeah i wonder where peter s- slips in do we know? Maybe we'll the cliques. Who knows? The cliques but, oh, no, announced. he's joining. Um, I, I think I know what team he's going to be on. He's going to be. We already forgot. He's not high flyers, apparently, because that's where Steely's going. Who knows? Um, But that's that's coming Monday. Mayakoba is coming, I guess, this week. So uh, that's all I got for news. Any other th- any other thoughts? Any other reactions to what happened in golf? Oh, he's on Harold Varner's team. I don't even remember who that is. What's which one's that? Is I'm that Range sure. Goats? Is that Range Goats with Bubba? Might be. I don't think Varner's a captain. He might be. He's probably with Bubba. So he's time to graze. Tommy Peters. So all right, Tommy. I think that does. I, it. Well, Tom Dietrich's. He, see, he's the opposite. He's decided to live in America and play the PGA Tour. Right. It's interesting. The two Belgian Thomases. Could be a rivalry between them now. It's a loss for the Ryder Cup. Like it's a loss for Peters not being able to do that. It's a loss for the event. Like that is the one thing. Um, Here's I have a real question for you. Yeah. Um, he's he's in all the majors this year, right? Yeah, he's not played a Ryder Cup since 2016. Like I I know, fall in love with him, but yeah, go ahead. Is is Thomas Peters going to get more airtime playing live than he would playing the European Tour? Uh, no, not necessarily. I don't think so. I mean, and I'm I'm sure it's close. I, I'm thinking about Scottish Open. I'm thinking about Wentworth. What if, uh, yeah, I, I obviously, I think, uh, you know, and I think they made the decision under the pre- premise that he would still be able to play European tour events. Yeah. Too. Okay. Well, then you get both. You're in good shape, I suppose. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, like, if this, if this European tour case goes that way, how many other Europeans go? That's pretty soon, right? The ruling is coming within the next few weeks, I thought. So mm-hmm. They got a live got a bad ruling over here in the states at the end of last week with just the 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 judge said you know the PIF and Yasser are subject to being deposed and, and discovery so I think that's gonna may create issues for them of course they'll appeal it and limit the scope and all that stuff but we don't need to get into courtroom podcast right it, now didn't mean Dean go. Is he officially gone? I I don't know that that's official. That was the reports out of South Africa and elsewhere. 
I I yeah. think Louis teasing it on Twitter. He's like, "Who's my fourth player? Me and Dean Burmester. My fourth Stina." I don't the know. crazy thing about it is like there are like Thomas Peters is the highest ranked European who doesn't play on the PGA Tour. Yeah, the only other significant one that doesn't play on the PGA Tour is Ryan Fox, but obviously he's a Kiwi. Right. right. Um, okay, that does it for this Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. We'll be back. No more on on uh, Bernie. I, what do you want to say? Like, no. What do you want to talk about it? You discrediting? No. You discrediting? You dismissing it out of hand? It's a big deal. He's also been he's been he's been angering the whole time. <laughs> he's big on election integrity and anchoring. He's had a great run here the last decade. Um, but that's a, an amazing feat that he caught Irwin. He's like, what is he? Sixty three or something like that. I don't know, but it's it's a great. It's, it's never going to happen again. We know that. All right, that does it for this Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk. I don't know Honda, Live Mexico, Honda, Honda, Honda. For a do you little think they're going to get Anma to sponsor no. Honda next year? No, I don't think. I don't think Anma has maybe want the interest or the ability to do that. Um. We'll talk Onda and a bunch of other stuff. Florida Swain. We're done with the West Coast. What a run. Good run for the PGA Tour. Listen to Full Swain Thoughts. If you want to pass the time this week, if you're still consuming that show, uh, people seem to be enjoying the podcast. I'm sure some people aren't. You know, we hear from all angles, but I don't know. That experiment's going well. You can was, watch it on YouTube. I was at a two-year-old birthday party. Yeah. And my buddy's wife, who does not play golf, does not play golf at all, came up to me and goes, hey, have you watched the golf show on Netflix? I'm I'm hearing a lot of these kind of anecdotal things. Yeah. I go, yes, I have. She goes, I made Drew start to watch it last night. I, She's like, I wanted to watch it. And I was like, what? I was like, what did you think? She goes, I really liked the first episode. I think a lot of people are, that's good. I think a lot of people are watching it. It's great. That's great for golf. That's, it's helping. So, um, all right. So listen to that podcast. If you'd like an attempt at an assessment, I don't say we have all the answers, but we tried to have some smart discussions about it. Uh, that's up and running on another feed. Uh, join club TFE. Going to have some good yeah, thoughts we're just from Jared and Riviera. Yeah, right here. We have an Essex County, I think, review coming this week. We have a hangout, virtual hangout coming Thursday. You can ask us any questions, like what's our favorite fruit, things like that, if you really want to get in depth. But um, we'll be doing that all week, Club TFE. And we'll be back here on this podcast on Wednesday.